Welcome to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler Sutton, an ongoing discussion on geeky topics. In early September, I had the opportunity to attend the red carpet for Unbelievable! Shouting intentional because it has five, count them five, exclamation points in that title. In a world where the world is searching the world for someone to save the world, there is only one in the whole world that has this world on a string. Uh, uh, okay, Charlie, I'm in. Uh, what now? A parody of the science fiction genre and generally, and Star Trek specifically, the movie boasts over 40 former Star Trek actors in it. Coincidentally, the red carpet was on the eve of the 50th anniversary of the premiere of Star Trek, and so I had the ability to talk to a few people that had been involved in the show at one point or another, as well as those involved in the movie itself. Since the movie was a parody, I focused many of my questions on what makes a comedy and parody different. I first talked to Tommy Morgan, one of the composers from the original series, and then continued with some of the cast and crew. I was a composer of CBS for five years, and... Uh, in the old, old days of uh, uh, Gunsmoke and shows like that. And of course, in the original Star Trek, when they went back to the Old West, I was the guy playing the campfire, making it sound cowboyish. What would you say is the hardest part of being a composer? Being a composer? Making the music fit what you want it to sound like when you have it in your head and then you, all the mechanics of conducting and getting all the pieces of the right time in the right place and come out like, like you heard it in your mind. What would you say is the trick to making something a uh, comedic music versus a serious music? Well, the function of the notes and where they are, where they land. <laughs> and the composer, of course, on this project, Jerry Freed, was wonderful. And what was your favorite part? Um, my career? Yeah. Oh, play, I, I was a player for so many years. Did all the old Beach Boy things and Carpenters and, and working with people like that, Neil Diamond, for 30 years. And it was wonderful to work with all the different artists. And uh, do you have any favorite composers like that are composing today? Uh, John Williams is on everyone's list. I've worked a lot with John over the years. I did a lot of things with Jerry Goldsmith, who was a magnificent composer, as a John. I am Erica Escames, uh, short, Ari Escames, and I was a sound designer for this film. Okay. And we had just talked to one of the original composers of Star Trek, and since you're the sound designer, I'll ask you kind of the same question. Um, what makes the difference between a serious sound design and a humorous sound design, since this is a parody? I think it's just go over the top, all the way, any chance that you can. If you want to put a pterodactyl in the middle of nowhere, you go for the pterodactyl in the middle of nowhere, because... It, it, to be able to convey that it, this is a humor, it's not all computers, it's not all a digital age and, and space shuttles, to be able to convey the humor, you need to put the over-the-top um, sounds and ambiences to be able to make the, you know, the, the people laugh. <laughs> what would you say was the hardest sound part of this? 
uh, I don't know if I can talk about it yet because it hasn't screened. <laughs> but it's a very gross part. How about that? I'll leave it there. <laughs> and what draws you to sound design? Just to be able to make people feel something without having to see anything. It's like hearing to believe it, you know, and instead of, you don't need to see something to believe it. So I, I feel like sound is, it, it's everything. It, it's, it's how you feel. You're not gonna feel that the monster's coming if you don't hear a riser coming, you know? Oh, I'm Laura Luzer. I play Laura Luzer, and my name is Kaylee Victoria Rose. And my name is Thor Wixom, and I was the cinematographer and editor for this film. What about sci-fi draws you? Well, I love Star Trek, so <laughs> Star Trek draws me. <laughs> and I love aliens, and I've always loved space movies growing up, so it's like a dream come true. And are you a fan as well? Of oh, I've genre? been a huge fan yeah. of sci-fi for my entire life, ever since I was six years old and went to the first screening <laughs> of Star Wars, and then eventually st the Star Trek movies in the 80s. Um, and I watched the Star Trek series growing up. I'd come home from school and it would always start right as I got home. So I've always been a huge uh, sci-fi fan. Why? Why? Well, because <laughs> sci-fi has to do with um, the projection of where humanity is headed and what challenges we face as we uh, deal with technology, as we deal with uh, our humanity. And, uh, it, and we're faced with deeper challenges as we get closer and closer to the future. Now this is obviously a parody of, of the sci-fi genre. There's a lot of sci-fi comedies out there. Do you find doing comedy harder or more uh, More fun. It's just more fun all the way around. I mean, you do have to keep your energy up, but I live for that, so. And what was your favorite part? Working with Nana Visitor was absolutely amazing. Okay, I'm Angelique Fawcett. I'm the producer, executive producer, UPM, line producer, and take out dogger for unbelievable <laughs> i wash the dishes too Sometimes and i, I just directed it that's all <laughs> yeah that was it that was uh, my name is steve steve also he's the writer director yeah. executive producer yeah. and this is a parody can you tell me a little bit about the not only the sci-fi uh inspirations but like the humorous inspirations for behind this i, I think uh, as one of the one of the classic episodes of original trek was uh the trouble with tribbles and i always loved that you know that that comic sensibility but so often you'd never saw that in Star Trek and so I kind of thought that that would be kind of interesting to, to have more comedic uh, approach to this for these actors and they all loved it they all are busting out trying to to do funny stuff and they were never really able to do that when they were uh, working Star Trek so uh, they just they just jumped all over this and what draws you to the genre of sci-fi well, we both just enjoy sci-fi. I mean, I came up on Star Trek in the 70s. He came up on Star Trek in the 60s. And we're really TOS fans. Actually, Gerald Freed is here, too. He's the last living uh, composer of the original Star Trek series. And he did our whole suite, our whole uh, soundtrack. So we just love the genre. And uh, favorite part? Oh, boy. Uh, the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tomorrow when I get to sleep. After all the work we've done, yeah. That was, that was my favorite <laughs> Just part, some yeah. sleep. That would be good. That would be good. I'm Celeste Yarnell, and I guest star on the classic episode of Star Trek entitled The Apple. So it's our 50th anniversary, and we think it's absolutely unbelievable. And you are in Unbelievable? Yes, I'm one of the 40 Star Trek actors that are. 
starring and unbelievable, co-executive producer. <laughs> okay. This is my husband, Nazim Artist, who did the artwork on the production. And he's also wearing I saw. my character. That was gorgeous. Um, what would you say is the difference between doing, like, say, a parody of a sci-fi and then, quote-unquote, normal sci-fi? What, you know, what's the best for you? How do you make it a parody? Well, you have to try not to be funny. You have to take it perfectly seriously. And it has to be as if you are in the situation and spontaneously allowing things to happen. And then we hope you think it's funny. And was Star Trek's 50th like the impromptu for, for causing this, or was that just a happy happenstance? I think it's a happy happenstance, according to Angelique and Steven, because it's a project that's been in the works for a while, but it just so happened that it's making its debut the day before the official 50th anniversary, which is tomorrow. Now, I get to celebrate an additional year because my episode was 67. So can we do this all again next year? Yes. yes. <laughs> For more than my official year. 50th, right? Um, and what was your favorite part of either your, your original role or the role in here? Well, my favorite part of my original role on the Apple as Yeoman Martha Landon is really being the sex education teacher on the planet. Um, my favorite line that I had in the whole production referring to where do babies come from is how is it done? <laughs> and that line has followed me around for 49 years. That's right. I get asked a lot about how is it done. A fellow journalist and I also got to talk to cast member Michael Madsen. Hello. How are you? Great. That word on the street is that you're the president of the United States. Yeah. How fun was that? How hard was it? Uh, you know, it wasn't really as hard as I thought it would be. I mean, if, if they introduce you as the president, then you're the president. You know what I'm saying? I got a big kick out of it, actually. I thought it was really kind of fun. Uh, um, I just hope it's funny. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse than being in a comedy that's not funny. Deanna, what are you doing over there? Dare I ask with the presidential election coming up? <laughs> no, no. I, I, cool. I, was, no I, was telling I was telling George, I said... Anybody can do it, right? Yeah. How, how difficult can it actually be to be president? You don't really have to talk about anything you're going to do. You just have to destroy the other person. What a big leap it was from Hateful Eight to this. Unbelievable. That was kind of a, it is unbelievable. It was kind of a, a jump, right? Uh, but I, I, I haven't done a lot of comedy. And I thought, wow, what would be more funny than Michael Madsen as a president of the United States? So... It's kind of funny even without saying anything. But I, I was, it was great. I mean, it was, it's a spoofy thing, you know. It's, it's silliness, so it was great, you know. Which do you like best? Uh, I know I've played a lot of bad guys. I think bad guy is fun now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun if it's written well, you know. If it's written well, it's great. But it, it, can, be, it can suck, too. So I guess in this one you're kind of a bad president or you're a good president? Um, I, I'm, 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 kind of a, I'm kind of a buffoon. I'm a buffoonery president. Hi, my name is Jasmine Anthony and my role is, well, I play Michael Madsen's daughter. <laughs> and is this your first role or have you been in other stuff? No, I've been acting since I was five years old. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, is this your first genre? Um, 
Kind of. Actually, yeah. Like, this is like a parody type of thing. So I would say yes. Okay. Um, what makes for you a, a parody different than from, like, the regular movie? Why did you, what drew you to the role and whatnot? Oh, what drew me to the role was that I thought that the story was really crazy and eccentric, so I was really excited to do that. And it's just much different, you know? And the comedy, you could take it really lighthearted and really just enjoy the movie. So, yeah. And um, with regards, do you find comedy harder or drama? That's a good question. I would say, I would say honestly, comedy is harder because... Uh, you know, it's very specific, um, but yeah. And what about genre do you think is why it's becoming more popular nowadays? Which genre or this genre? The genre, sci-fi. Oh, I think it's really popular because people, you know, love sci-fi books and it's very, you know, it's a crazy story that really uh, is very entertaining and, you know, you want to keep reading it or keep watching the movie, so I think that's why it's so popular. Katharina Vanderham and I play Puppet's wife, Cheryl Stillwood. Okay, and what is, tell me a little bit about your role. So, uh, I am on the lunar base and I'm not responding to, you know, our comrades on, on Earth and they just decide to look for me and uh, another member to see what happened. So, I'm just there and I change and I don't want to give away too much, but um, I'm walking around biki wearing bikini the whole time. So I had the toughest job, <laughs> and um, so kind of in the vein of the old '50s sci-fi, exactly, a woman in peril. Exactly, yeah. That that would be my role, and I'm very uh, honored to be part of this movie. And and you know that's a role everybody always dreams of, and and I'm happy to be part of it. I love comedy. I love spoof. I love Star Trek. I love Angelique. I love them all. Um, what draw? What do, I mean? What draws you to genre and? and you know, it's just the uh, fun element, you know, like, I think life is in general very tough and, you know, serious, I guess, and responsible, so it's just so nice to let go, let loose, and play a goofy role, and be sexy and silly and make fun of it, so so that was awesome, you know. And do you find comedy or drama harder to do? I haven't done drama. I would love to do, uh, but comedy is definitely much, much um, easier, I think, because drama, when you put yourself in a place of that moment, it's, it's just very difficult to go and, and, and live through it, through those dramatic moments. So I think definitely comedy is much easier. My journalist neighbor and I then talked to Dina Meyer. Hi. Oh, I play uh, Moesha. I'm part of a wonderful little trio, a scientific trio. Moesha, Curlisha, and Larisha, I believe. A sort of a Mo, Larry, and Curly, Three Stooges sort of, sort of thing happening yeah exactly exactly and then uh, some some strange things happen to us in our in our little scene I don't want to give it away well you're gonna have to come in and watch the movie <laughs> me too uh, I guess it is and I'm very excited to be in it and part of Star Trek and my gosh and the 50th anniversary and this is all so exciting just to be a part of this whole franchise absolutely what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? It's very curious. <laughs> I assure you, it's very curious. What's this? Oh, sorry. Uh, what do you feel is the hardest part of doing a parody? Oh, gosh. Uh, probably the suit that we had to wear. The lack of oxygen inside the helmet, I'm guessing. 
And then I'm excited. Bring on the zaniness. My my standard question: What what why do you think genre has become popular lately? Gosh, that's your favorite question. I my, wish my I had a better answer. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I just think people enjoy a good escape and like to laugh and you know be entertained and taken out of, of today's world and and and, and uh, yeah, just make make exactly just 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 laugh. Everybody likes to laugh. Hi, I'm Ann McDaniel's, and I play Android, a, a robot Android. <laughs> and I'm actually the robot wife, uh, the robot version of the wife. Um, for me, probably comedy, just because that's kind of how I am. I'm, I self-deprecate every single day of my life, and I'm always just a goofball, so it's, it comes a little more naturally. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about, uh, obviously, you're a robot, but, you know, the, the role and how it plays in the movie. And... Sure. You know, I have not seen the full movie yet at all, so I'm kind of, I'm just as curious as you are. <laughs> Read the script, love the script, love the directors and producers, um, would, would support them with everything, and I, of course, love Star Trek and Star Wars and anything sci-fi. So I actually am waiting to see the entire, entire, um, entirety of it. So. Well, since you said you, you love sci-fi, why do you like sci-fi? Probably because it's always pushing the envelope outside of the box. I love doing Comic-Con. Um, I used to work with G4 Network, which was all types of sci-fi. So I know Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn. We know she's really gone on to do great things. Um, all, we always had great skits with great costumes. It's just a fantasy. I like the escape. I like the escape, and I think it's a genre that a lot of people that may not be... Um, out, out socially can can relate to, and I do I do like that a lot. As a woman in the sci-fi genre, yes. that's been a very hot topic button issue. Have you been following that at all? A little bit about the sexism. Yeah. Yes. So I think that a lot of women bring a lot of intelligence to sci-fi. Yes, we can be sexual figures, and but these women are powerful as well. Representation in the genre is getting better, getting worse, the same. Um, I think that probably we're becoming a little you know more fuller figured every day. Like you see the bigger breasts, you see a lot of sexism, you see a lot of violence against women in certain things, and that is scary, and that's something that I do not believe in, but I think that also pertains to certain video games also, so um, women are women are powerful, women are smart, I, I just think that, you know, a woman can be sexy, but she can also be respected and bring her brain to the, ta to the table. Uh, uh, Michael Westmore, I was the uh, supervisor and designer of all the makeup on Star Trek for 18 years. Yeah. I know the name well. What was your favorite makeup that you did you, that you've done? We had an episode um, called The Offspring and it was lol. He was like a, look, a, a little Oscar and it took hours to put him together and two hours to take him out of it. So, But my aunt was the original hairdresser on the original Star Trek, Pat Westmore. So favorite medium to work in? I know there's like latex and there's straight makeup and all that. Do you have a favorite? Actually, I, I, as an apprentice, when I was an apprentice, I was Elizabeth Taylor's makeup artist and I was also doing Star Trek. And I did Kate Mulgrew and Terry Farrell and put her spots on. So I do, do both. I would go back and forth between sculpting aliens and doing beauty makeup. Well, apparently, you know, beauty makeup is actually harder to do because it's a lot more subtle. What's your process for doing a, a makeup? You know, do you, I'm assuming you work on sketches and whatnot? I would do the sketches first and then I would take them to the producers, get sketches approved, and then I would go to the lab and get my crew going to sculpt and mold and get the rubber ready and usually sometimes we only had uh, 24 hours to do it in. So. You know, you're right, but not anymore. I gave it away.
No. Um, have you seen some of the advancements that like computer technology is doing for that? Oh, Where it's wonderful. You, I mean, you pretty it, much it have really to wipe is. out now. Yes. And are you like just embracing the idea of a 3D printer and how easy that's going to oh, make it? No, job? I'm actually I'm retired. Oh, okay. And I've been uh, the uh, the with Mackenzie on Sci-Fi's Face Off. Oh, okay, I've yeah. been the mentor. I've been the mentor to all the students. They're all the contestants on the show. One of the highlights of my night at the red carpet was having the honor of interviewing Nichelle Nichols. Tell me a little bit about, this is obviously a parody of of the sci-fi genre and of a name we can't speak because of legal reasons. (laughs) Um, What, uh, you've done comedy as well as drama. Do you feel, what is harder for you, drama, comedy or drama? Yes. (laughs) Yes to all. All of those, because you do all. And uh, it, it's just a matter of what it is this time. I'm happy to be here. And uh, what would you say is your favorite funny episode of Star Trek, or favorite epiphany moment? Duh. <laughs> That's my answer. All of it was. It was just wonderful. I loved it. And we're coming up on the 50th. Did you know going in that that was going to be something that you would be 50, you know, 50 years later talking about? I knew if I lived that long, I would be. <laughs> I love the, um, I love what we do and what we do with it. And um, you get a, an opportunity to, to keep your version of who you are. You, de- you decide who you are uh, as the actor, as the, the person that you're playing, and you become that. For, it's a little off. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but it's wonderful. I'm Connor Trenier. And what role in I play Captain Jack Youngblood who is, how should I put this, um, affected by a vegetative invasion. I mean, that's, I guess that's the best way I can put this. Okay. And uh, obviously, uh, what, what drew you to the part? I, mean, is it, I was asked to do it, and uh, I knew that there were a whole host of other Star Trek actors who were going to do it. And I didn't really know a lot about the project, and I, was, I believe I was in on some of the first days of shooting. So... Uh, in all honesty, I know very little about this. I've um, seen the, the, the little bits, the preview. Do you find it harder to do comedy or drama? Oh, comedy is so much harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. And, I mean, obviously Enterprise had some comedic moments, but it wasn't a comedy. Um, what makes, you know, what was your favorite comedic moment of, of Enterprise? Well, I did an episode where I was pregnant, mm-hmm. and hilarity ensued. And that was like episode number four. It was really early on in the game. And, yeah, I mean, you had to find your moments on the show. I've been dared to, to ask you about the blue underwear. It was, it was my costume number two. It really was. Um, in terms of, you know, the Star Trek 50th and all that, and tell me a little bit about the legacy. Well, it's an absolute honor to be a part of the whole legacy. And, and to celebrate 50 years of the franchise, it, it, it means something. And... A whole host of us actors from the various shows have, you know, gone along and, and done conventions all throughout the year, and and it's funny. Star Trek seems to have an anniversary <laughs> every couple of years. That's how anniversaries work. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got different shows. You got five different shows. You got the movies. You've got 
you know, so there's always seems to be an anniversary of some sort happening. What do you feel uh, draws people to the genre, to sci-fi genre overall, in your opinion? The genre itself? Uh, I, well, I, I mean, I think it's a genre of entertainment that people historically have enjoyed, but I think that sci-fi has kind of, for lack of a better way to put this, come out of the closet over the last 10, 15 years, and it's no longer any kind of like, you know, sci-fi being any sort of, you know, lesser genre of entertainment. It's as valuable as any action film, anything. And, um, yeah, I, I think that um, it has matured and reached a part of the zeitgeist. It just is out there. Now that I've asked the book questions, tell me what you're working on now. <laughs> well, I did a movie this, uh, I did a movie last year um, called Mina. Uh, it's Tom Cruise, Doug Lyman directed. I play a young George W. Bush. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, that, and then I'm, in a, I'm doing a video, in, a video game right now. Of course, they make you sign these non-disclosure agreements. So yeah. if I talk about it, I will like emulate right in front of you. The funniest interviews of the evening came from Dominic Keating with Garrett Wang, a very close second. Hello. Yes, I know. Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, big fan. Good. <laughs> uh, this being a parody, um, and uh, tell me a little bit about your role in Unbelievable. Well, it was just a day play. Uh, God bless. Uh, I was away. They rang up the first time, and I, I was in London, and I, so I think Connor got my job. And, um, with the fig leaf. <laughs> oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> this is a tough table. Uh, so it was a fun day uh, with Max uh, Grignick, and uh, we played a couple of um, hospital porters that wheel uh, the marionette, uh, you know, Captain Kirk, into the hospital. He's had an accident. I know very little about this. You must. I auditioned for the marionette, and I didn't get it. Um, and God knows I can do puppet, let me tell you. Do you find comedy harder or drama harder? I've always been a funny guy. Uh, I did a sitcom in England for five years when I cut my teeth over there when I first started out. Desmond's. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I Channel 4. It's a big show. Uh, it's back on TV again after all these years. 25 years later, they're showing it every night on London Live right now. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, obviously, um, Enterprise wasn't a comedy per se, but it had comedic moments. So what was your favorite comedic moment? Probably that uh, scene in the bar on Riser. When we're ogling those girls that we think are girls, and I can tell you straight, uh, that wasn't Malcolm, that was Dominic, all day long in that scene, just having a laugh, I'll tell you. Yeah. What are you working on now? Uh, this year I just made a movie here in LA called Knowing, it's a cop drama. Uh, it's starring Eva LaRue from CSI Miami and Michael Winchell from the Twilight movies and me, and I'm playing, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it, to all intents and purposes, it looks like I'm a serial killer of a lot of young girls, and uh, it was a real badass and a lot of fun to play. And if I'm really gonna toot my horn, I am now the fourth actor in all recorded history to uh, record Iliad's, uh, Homer's uh, epic poem, The Iliad, for HarperCollins, and I just finished it, and it's out right now on iTunes. <laughs> You've no idea. Uh, it was, without doubt, my dear, the, the toughest thing I've ever done in my acting career. The most rewarding. Uh, the boy that led my hand, my, I always have to give a big props to Philip Miller. He really led my hand up that Everest of a, of a thing. And, uh, and we cried at the end. When we, when we finished, sounds a bit sappy, but 
There was a moment uh, when we did 20, it was, it was 22 hours of recorded time. And uh, it was like climbing Everest. And I certainly made his ears bleed unnecessarily more than once or twice. And then I'll bring it back for one last question, then bring it back to, to why I'm here. Uh, what about genre is, do you like? What about sci fi genre? Uh, it's kept me in my house. <laughs> is that funny? Or is that funny? That's a very good answer. Uh, I do. I, I, look, I, I go see all the Star Trek movies now. Uh, I'm, I'm part of the family. And um, I watched the original show growing up as a kid and was pretty addicted as a, a younger man. And it, and it sloughed off. But I'm certainly, I'm back in force, Ben Bay, back in force. Uh, I think I, uh, <laughs> I played the ship in this show, no. I, <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm part of the, the, main, the main crew on this, on this crazy adventure here, so, yeah. I play Dr. Charles Hunter, uh, which is kind of cool for being an Asian actor and not having an Asian last name, which is great, you know. And it is really slapstick comedy, you know. It's like Airplane, but set on a lunar base, that's what I tell everybody. Um, so yeah, and to be able to you know to work with all my co my ex co stars from the Star Trek world is kind of cool too. Yeah, it's not um, bad. What do you feel is your favorite humorous moment of Star Trek? Uh, <laughs> favorite humorous moment. We were filming an episode called "The Q in the Gray" where we were dressed in Civil War stuff, and uh, Janeway's in this plantation dress, and I run up to her. And we were filming outside. There were a bunch of pine needles on the ground. And when pine needles are on the ground, you end, it gets to be really slippery. So in the take, as I'm running to Janeway, and I stop, I slip, fly up in the air, and land at her feet. And that was probably my most embarrassing and funniest moment on Voyager. Yeah. Okay. And uh, do you feel comedy or drama is harder to do? Uh, drama because it's harder on your body. You know, I mean, you really have to pull deep and pull in the, all these feelings of, you know, negativity and this, that. Oh, the ship's going to blow up. Oh, I'm going to die. So your body tends to go through a lot. And after we film drama, you're exhausted, whereas comedy is a little more invigorating. So I prefer comedy, I think. And same question I asked her. Right? Standard question when you're a sci-fi for me is, yep. what do you feel, why do you feel people are drawn to, to genre nowadays? Um, it's weird, but... I think geek culture is mainstream culture now. It really has changed. I mean, if you could see something like Big Bang Theory come out and be the number one sitcom in America, that would never have flown 15 years ago. Oh yeah, four guys from Caltech. Yeah, let's 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 greenlight that show. What? No. So um, instead of the Meek Show inherit the earth, it is the Geek Show inherit the earth at this point. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Tell me something funny. Uh, my favorite. <laughs> oh my god. It doesn't have to be PG. I can believe it. Oh my god. Um, two guys are sitting in a Chinese restaurant and they're talking about how there are Jews all over the world, different types of Jews, like Ethiopian Jews, you know, uh, European Jews. And they said, "Well, we're eating at a Chinese restaurant. Is it possible there are there Chinese Jews?" So they said, I don't know, let's ask our waiter. So they asked the waiter, hey, we just want to know, do you know if there are any Chinese Jews? And the waiter goes, let me go talk to the cook. Cook comes out, he's like, yeah, what you want? And they go, yeah, we want to know if there's Chinese Jews. He goes, uh, no, we have the pineapple juice, we have orange juice, but no Chinese juice. So Only you could get away with yes, that. Yes, I, I know. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Finally, even though I talked to him at the red carpet of Star Trek Renegades in August of 2015, I once again talked with Tim Russ, this time about doing comedies. Um, I play one of the astronauts who are on a rescue mission to try to save another astronaut in a space station who is under siege by alien creatures. I personally enjoy parodies. I love satires. 
and no, and very few genres have as much to work from as science fiction. You can do you can do horror, you can do super as a super spy, and uh, things like that. But sci-fi, whenever we can, I'd love to do parodies. What makes a parody a parody versus a regular comedy, and how does it differ from a regular dramatic? The parodies are based on a, on on a genre in specific, and also in re re references. So if you have a show that's been going on, say if it's 007. You have to reference all the things we've seen in all the 007 movies, or the spy capers. Uh, if it's horror, you got to have all the gags about those, and that's what makes it the parody and satire so much more interesting to me, because you have that reference point. Now you got to be clever about it. You got to get that right, because you want the reference to be as wide of a catch as you can for the, for the widest number of people. So. And do you find comedy or drama harder? Comedy is always harder. It is always harder. It's harder to get to make to hit the funny bone of the majority of people, and that's what you want. Is always a majority. Is that you as a director, or you as an actor, or both? As a director, as an actor, or as a writer? Absolutely. Um, I have my own style and feel for comedy. I think subtlety is better than going over the top, and uh, I do like satire. And I do like uh, you know references to other things. I also like situational type things and or and comedy coming out of the situation organically. Uh, favorite humorous moments? Oh, favorite humorous moments. Well, some of those moments were my responsibility. They were my fault. Uh, when we would uh, shoot some scenes, we would do things a little differently, and I might tell the cameraman to keep rolling, and he knew exactly what that meant. So I pulled a few gags out of the hat every once in a while, you know, uh, coming onto the set dressed differently. <laughs> my character, uh, you know, taking a very long death scene did that once. Uh, once I got hit by a phaser and it took about a minute and a half to die. Uh, that was Paul a lot Rubens of fun. And yes. the Absolutely. So <laughs> there have been some good gags on that show. As of now, there is no official release date for the movie, although the official website, linked in the accompanying article, states it will be released in 2016. I'll be sure to keep you updated. Up next, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Interviews with the cast and crew at the Paley Center. Until next time, stay geeky. Thanks for listening to Geek Out with Angie Fiedler Sutton. The theme song is Schoolyard Haze by Jerry Pitkin, available via the Free Music Archive. The podcast is recorded in partnership with Sci-Fi for Me Radio and released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. Links for more information on all this are available on angiefsutton.com.